Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the NFL. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rookie Rundown here on the DWZ Network. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas backwards, S-A-L-L-A-D Galore. As always, guys, I'm here to talk some rookie content and we are officially wrapping up week three of the preseason, meaning that we are 10 days away from football, um, official season football. So I'm pretty pumped about it. And on this week's episode, it's going to be a short and sweet one. Specifically, I'm giving you my, um, basically my final rookie buys post preseason going into the season. Um, these are my guys at each position, QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. I have one apiece that I think you should all be out there acquiring, um, honestly, for cheap for most of them um, and at all costs for two of them. Uh, these are the guys that in a similar fashion um, to some of the rookies that we had over the last couple of years um, are going to be a little bit undervalued specifically in season long leagues, which is to be expected. But in both season long and dynasty going into the 2022 season, I see these four players having a significantly higher value than what they do right now um, based off of basically the performances that I believe them to have in the 2021 season. So we'll just go ahead and start right off. Um, it's no shock to anyone. My quarterback buy for this post preseason era is none other than the Chicago bear himself, Justin Fields. Um, in the three games that he has gone in with primarily and actually not primarily entirely with the second and third string team right now, because none of their starting offensive weapons have actually played in Chicago. Justin Fields has gone 30 for 49 for 276 yards through the air with two touchdowns, zero turnovers of any kind. And on the ground, he has put up 11 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, The main aspect that you see when you see Justin Fields thus far in actual game action is that he immediately gives an instant spark to a struggling and anemic offense that is the Bears offense with Andy Dalton on the field. Um, We've been struggling to, (laughs) to get consistent drives, which should be a shocker to no one that's watched the Bears of the last couple of years, um, mainly due to the quarterback position. 
Um, but looking at Justin Fields and what he's able to do, um, even with a very suspect offensive line due to a large number of injuries thus far in the preseason time period, um, his mobility has allowed him to usurp any of the issues and deficiency that we actually have with the offensive line group. And he's been able to turn basically shit into lemonade for lack of like a better phrase for that. Um, and this is without getting any true reps with any of the starters. Um, that's what's extremely promising to me. He has a propensity to spread the ball around instead of having any type of tunnel vision. So when you're dealing with a bunch of second and third string wide receivers and tight ends, as he had, um, he's not struggling. Basically, once he sees it or sees the scheme open up, he immediately is getting the ball off to the targets um, in the entirety of the snaps that he's played. I've seen one suspect pass. Um, he did take an extremely rough sack one time that I do not think he's going to be taking in the future. Um, I think he trusted his offensive line a little bit too much on that play, and they immediately made him regret it. Um, that is a big worry that I have for the team overall is the actual health of the offensive line. I think that um, then letting go both tackles this year was a mistake. But with all this upside that Justin Fields brings, the pedigree, the absolute rocket of an arm and the insane mobility that he's been presenting in this preseason, which is something that we actually didn't see a ton of in college. They're actually rushing him on a more consistent basis in this team with both designed and scramble plays than they even did in, um, not Chicago in uh, Columbus at Ohio state. So when I'm looking at Justin Fields going into the 2021 season, I see a realistic rushing floor that's massive. He could easily usurp 500 yards if he gets a consistent um, starting, basically, roll all season, isn't pulled for any reason. And I really do see an early projected entrance onto the field for Justin. Um, it just makes way too much sense to feed Andy Dalton to the Wolves and then bring him in either late in that game to try and save it or the following week after the offensive experiment with Andy Dalton has not worked. Um, my projection going in, I don't like to do yardage and stats and stuff like that. Just based off of the overall projection of rankings, I see him finishing um, with a consistent amount of work. Um, I'm honestly projecting him at 12 games. Um so seeing him with 12 games, I realistically could see him as the quarterback 16 to 20 on the season. Um, and next year going into startup drafts or even going into redraft leagues, I could easily see him being taken as a top 12 quarterback. Um, so at that price right now, even with the hype of Justin Fields, he's still actually being slept on quite a bit compared to Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. Um, he's still ranking out as number three in the quarterbacks in current ADP. So looking at him right now, um, I think that there's going to be some massive upside. He's a buy now before the season starts because I can almost guarantee that next year he is going to be unattainable at this time. Moving on to the next position, um, my next buy is a little bit, it's on brand for me if you've been listening to the previous couple of podcasts, um, but it's not as big of a name. For me, it's actually going to be Jarrett Patterson. Um I know there's been a lot of talk in the offseason from Ron Rivera talking about the potential of giving Antonio Gibson a more heavy role, but um, from all the reports and all that we've seen in the preseason and everything like that, um, he's still not getting the passing work. He's still not getting that passing down volume and practices and reps and seven on sevens, 11 on 11s. It's going to the other um basically scat backs and catching uh, running backs that are in the backfield. And, one of such players is Jarrett Patterson. Um, in the preseason thus far, he has taken a total of 38 touches, 
for just under 200 yards and two touchdowns. He's a steady Eddie on the ground right now. He's sitting at four yards a clip on the ground and his receiving work and receiving target share is what's really impressive to me. He's seen 12 targets through those three games. He has caught 10 of them um, for 70 yards. So not massive production on there, but consistently has been targeted on third down by all the quarterbacks. He's actually been working in with the first and second team in the games, even as the second running back off the bench, immediately following Antonio Gibson in the one game that he did see any type of work, as well as actually leading the backfield going into last week's game where he saw the most touches that he saw all preseason. Um, he's actually the touch leader overall on the team, both in the running back position and actually in the targets for the team. Um, he has the same explosiveness and physicality as a runner that he showed on tape in Buffalo. It's translating quite well in the NFL, albeit in preseason. So it's something that's very enticing to me. Um, I don't want him to take away basically work from Antonio Gibson because we've seen what Antonio Gibson can do. So I'm not actually projecting or wishing that I'm seeing him taking a sizable role away from a guy like JD McKissick, um, who a lot of people are surprised at the fact that JD McKissick actually saw 59% of the running back touches out of the backfield last year. And it's something that should drastically take a, basically just a tailspin down and you should be seeing either a transition of most of those touches to a guy like Antonio Gibson. If they truly are desiring to give him that game breaker, full three down back compliment role, making him Christian McCaffrey 2.0, or it'll be transitioned and spread out to other backs. Um, JD McKissick last year was one of the least efficient running backs in the entire NFL in all capacities, specifically as a runner and as a receiver. Um, albeit he did lead the running back position in targets. But if he were to transition half of those over to a guy like Jared Patterson, we could see much better production from a back who in my eyes is more explosive and a better runner between the tackles who could be that true RB two going forward for Washington in the years to be. So um, right now I have him actually projected in a similar kind of area as to what you would see. Um, some of those scat backs basically going as. So I feel that in the 2021 season, my projection for him is somewhere in between RB 36 and 40. That would put him somewhere in the same realm as a Leonard Fournette last year, uh, multiple usable games, everything like that. Um, right now he's basically free in most leagues. And realistically, I could see him priced out next year as somewhere in that RB three range. Um, especially if he locks on to that RB two role, just from the production that he could put up. So again, guys, I'm not going for my flag plants or locks of guys that I think are going to be just absolute gang breakers this year. Um, everyone's heard about Najee Harris productions. Everyone knows the fact that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are the starters. I'm going for guys that you can buy right now for dirt cheap stash on your practice squad or as your second or third of the position, i.e. Justin Fields, and be super happy about what you're getting in production this year. Leading into next year, if you're not confident, sell them. Um, if you are confident, you're going to have good pieces that you got for free, basically. Um, going into a guy that uh, is not free, but uh, if you either drafted him at his appropriate ADP or are able to trade for him before the actual season starts, specifically with the Robbie Anderson news, you need to be doing it immediately. And that is the wide receiver out of the Carolina Panthers. In Terrace Marshall, um, what we've seen so far, guys, has been just absolutely electric, and it's everything that he was advertised to be coming out of college. Um, he has taken nine targets 
for nine receptions, 181 yards and a touchdown. He has been a big play in a red zone monster. Um, specifically, there was a little wide receiver screen that he actually scored on in yesterday's game. That would just completely showed exactly what we want to see from a guy who's going to be utilized in the red zone. Um, he out physical guys. He made two people miss on juke moves. Um, he's all but solidified the starting role this preseason. And it's something that's extremely enticing with someone with like an alpha body type and profile that he showed at a big time school like LSU. Um, he immediately for the Carolina Panthers is going to take over that deep outside role that DJ Moore has been playing in the Joe Brady scheme. Um, and that pushes a guy like DJ Moore into the slot. Um, I talked about this a little bit last week, but I think that Terrace Marshall's um, up and coming season that he's most likely going to have this year based off of my projections is actually going to make the Carolina Panthers fully buy into the fact that they do not need to overpay for a guy like DJ Moore next year. So if he wants a big money contract, I could easily see them lowballing him saying, no, if you want to take a team friendly one, we're here for it. But Terrace Marshall just balled out in your stead. So we'll see you later. Um, Terrace Marshall right now, he's had an extremely good rapport with um, Sam Darnold in all the games that he's played with him. And we've still seen a complete dearth of tight end productivity at all. There's no targets going to the tight ends. There's no receptions, no red zone work at all going to the tight end position currently in the preseason. We didn't see a lot of it at LSU. Um, they had more of seam stretch tight ends that they tried to get with uh, Moss um, at LSU and Brady system, but there was no true red zone threat, big body guys that they would constantly go for, for the touchdown targets. Um, it was always predicated on those wide receivers on the outside on those quick slant stuff like that that where they can just basically outbody guys which is what we basically saw with justin jefferson jamar chase and Terrace marshall at their time at lsu i think that's going to continue in this brady offense specifically in 2021 and i'm writing it down in pen sharpie whatever you want to uh, whatever your preference and permanent ink is that Terrace marshall with the carolina panthers will be the touchdown leader for all rookie wide receivers um book it now um, this is my ticket for it, guys, my receipts, feel free to come at me next year if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty damn confident on this one. Um, my overall projection for the 2021 season for Terrace Marshall is somewhere in between wide receiver 30 and 34. He's on that mid tier wide receiver three grind, huge touchdown upside. And consistently I could see him in a PPR league being one of those wide receivers, kind of like what Robbie Anderson has been the last couple of years where he's consistently getting you right around 11 to 12 points every single week, regardless with the occasional boom game of those 20 point games based off of the long touchdown, um, extremely high in Terrace Marshall. I've been picking him up pretty much everywhere this off season and most of my drafts, just based off of my draft position and trading back out of the first a little bit to get multiple seconds. Um, if there's any way that you guys can acquire him in a trade, um, specifically if you're rebuilding, I don't have a better target than Terrace Marshall that you could go and acquire for a little bit cheaper than you can still even get guys like Elijah Moore, who we've seen absolutely nothing from in any of the preseason games. Going on to the last position, um, this is another one of my guys. I've talked about him a little bit, but I'll go into more detail now at the tight end position. It is out of Houston, and that is Mr. Brevin Jordan. This preseason has not been super kind to his overall stats. So if you're stat searching, it's not a great way to look. But what you need to be looking at is his target share, his snap share, and his overall 
play with the ones and twos thus far in the preseason. Uh, I brought it up way earlier in the offseason during the beginning of training camp uh, about a month ago now. Um, and I was talking about how he was exclusively running with the ones that has wavered a little bit to be running with the ones and the twos, but his overall snap share is still out snapping what we've seen from Jordan Aikens, Aikens when it comes with the first team. Um, they're actually using Aikens as a blocker a lot in these preseason games, which is exactly what you want to see from a move tight end in Brevin Jordan for his potential productivity. Um, thus far in the preseason, he's seen a total of nine targets, which is really good over three games for a tight end. Um, the one issue, obviously, that we saw in college with him was his hands. Um that actually hasn't been the issue in the preseason. It's been consistent targets. Um, so that is a little bit concerning to me. Um, Davis Mills just is not very good, guys. Um, I was super wrong on that during my uh, draft process earlier in the offseason. Um, and post-draft, I pretty much backed away from that. So I'm kind of happy um, that I didn't buy him anywhere. Super expensive, but he is not the answer. Um, With all the talks of these Deshaun Watson trades, it's almost inevitable that they're going to end up getting a quarterback in return. So whether or not it's Philly or Miami or Denver, even with Teddy Bridgewater, you're going to be getting a more consistent quarterback than what you're getting in Tyrod Taylor and or Davis Mills next year at quarterback, or even potentially this year, if the trade happens before the trade deadline. Um, the tight end room is wide open. Like I was talking about, Aikens didn't solidify his role at all for me in this preseason period. He didn't get rest with some of the other starters. They've been constantly working all basically the weapons outside of Brandon Cooks have been on the field constantly for the first team, just trying to figure out what this offense is basically. Um, he's getting targets from both of the quarterbacks, which is really nice and is pretty exciting to see. Um, and honestly, he's the cheapest dart throw in the world when it comes to the tight end position. If you want to completely punt with it and just grab a couple of guys at the back end of your draft, he's a dart throw I would actually like specifically for a touchdown dependent tight end. Um, for me, based off of cost and touchdown upside, when you're looking at like an athletic monster like Brevin Jordan, I'd be more comfortable taking him um, as a lower tier tight end like I was talking, talking about than a guy like Dawson Knox Buffalo or Hayden Hurst. Now with the split with uh, Pitts or even Jarwin. Jarwin's going, I, I don't understand how Jarwin is going so much higher than Dalton Schultz, but um, Jarwin's still overpriced. Any of the tight ends basically um, that are just dart throws. I mean, if I'm going to take a dart throw, I'm probably going to take it on the guy like Brevin Jordan, see what he does the first couple weeks if he doesn't ball out cool. I'm in the exact same boat that I probably would have been taking any of those other four or five guys in that range. Um, again, he's basically free. My projection for him is somewhere in between tight end 25 and 29. Um, again, not a very sexy uh, finish on the year, but that's actually the exact same range basically that you were looking at with guys like um, last year, specifically like the Uzelmas, the samples, the um, Trey Burton's pretty much anyone who's not a complete game breaker at tight end um, is going to fall somewhere in between tight end number 14 and tight end 32. And there's not a lot of point difference in between those. So um, from you guys, he's just super cheap. I'm buying him everywhere. He's my guy. I like the athletic profile. I like the opportunity share that he's going to have in the offense. I like the target share that I've seen so far in the preseason. And overall I'm just, 
confident in this type of dart throw as opposed to anyone coming off an injury or someone in a crowded room at tight end like a Tremble or a uh, McKitty or uh, even a Hunter Long. Um, The more I'm seeing this preseason and the more I'm hearing reports, the more and more I'm getting a little bit concerned that Gusecki is got a death grip on that tight end room in Miami. And so the long-term prospects still are kind of hopeful for Hunter Long if they somehow aren't going to basically be able to get a long-term contract with Gasecki next year. But at the same time, he's Tua's favorite target right now, and he is balling. He is coming into his own right now from what we've seen. He's made multiple highlight catches, and that rapport with Tua, as long as Tua is still the quarterback in Miami, seems to be just electric matchup this year. Um, Gusecki is actually the one piece in Miami that I'm kind of leaning towards. If I'm going to take anyone other than Tua on the offense, it's probably Gusecki just due to the red zone love that he constantly gets and the consistent target share that you're basically guaranteed over the middle, as opposed to the bevy of wide receivers that they have on the outside and the redundancy of Will Fuller and, uh, What's his, what's his face? Just Jalen Waddle. Sorry. Um, so a little bit of a Miami segue there, but uh, yeah, uh, when it comes to tight ends, I'm liking Brevin Jordan. So as a reminder, guys, um, these are not my flag plants specifically for the 2021 season. I'm not expecting these guys to finish the highest out of the rookie classes. Um, I'm just pressing that again. So you guys just don't roast me later when this comes up. Uh, but these are the guys that I'm attempting to buy now because I see a drastic hike in in value going into next season based off of where they are. Um, you can luck out with getting Jarrett Patterson and Brevin Jordan basically free in most of your leagues. And albeit you will have to pay up now for Terrace Marshall and Justin Fields. I think those prices you are paying now are going to be values when you look back at them next year, if you do acquire them. Um, so again, short and sweet episode tonight, guys, these are just quick buys. I'm going to go a little bit into my projections for week one, specifically the first quarter of the season and who you can likely play the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, um, regular season once it kicks off with the rookies specifically in my next podcast. But until next week, I am going to be signing off. Enjoy your short and sweet rookie rundown on this Monday morning or late Sunday night, depending on what time we get this up. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak